Welcome to 900 Ackland Avenue. What follows is a service from November 27th, 2022. Thank you and God bless. Ladies and gentlemen, sorry for my tardiness. Thrilled that everybody is here. We're going to start uh, by reading from Isaiah. As soon as I get there, I like to read from my, my book here. So give me just a second. Isaiah chapter 2, verses 1 through 5. The word that Isaiah, the son of Amos, saw concerning Judah and Jerusalem. It shall come to pass in the latter days that the mountain of the house of the Lord shall be established as the highest of the mountains, shall be lifted up above the hills, and all the nations shall flow to it, and many peoples shall come and say, Come, let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of the God of Jacob, that he may teach us his ways, and that we may walk in his paths. For out of Zion shall go forth the law, and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. He shall judge between the nations, and shall decide disputes for many peoples. And they shall beat their swords into plowshares, and their spears into pruning hooks. Nations shall not lift up sword against nation, neither shall they learn war any more. O house of Jacob, come, let us walk in the light of the Lord. If you wouldn't mind, bow with me. Lord God, we all come with all sorts of different baggage. Good, bad, heavy, light, mixture of all of it. Lord, we come and we hope that we are able to lay this at your feet. And that you will take these worries these concerns these deep emotions that we have and, and let us process them in, in your light and in your focus we pray Lord that after we have been touched by your presence that we may share that presence with others thank you for this time together thank you for this house thank you for the friends the loved ones that are here we know that not everybody is here, and we pray blessings upon them. And again, Lord, we pray for your presence. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Seven hundred thirty-eight. Seven three eight. We will glorify the King of Kings. We will glorify the Lamb. We will glorify the Lord of Lords, who is the great I Am. Lord Jehovah reigns in majesty. We will bow before His throne. We will worship Him in righteousness. We worship Him alone. He is Lord of heaven, Lord of earth. He is Lord of all who live. He is Lord above the universe. All praise to Him we give. Hallelujah to the King of kings. Hallelujah to the
And every day I was looking at a screen and my kids were looking at screens and we didn't know if it was Monday or Saturday or Sunday. And it was incredibly disorienting. As we begin the church here today with the first Sunday of Advent, we want to think specifically about how we keep time, how we understand time, and how we know time. Now, I confess this is not a strength of mine, and I'm always reminded about this when I watch a sci-fi movie that includes time travel. I always get incredibly confused. I always go to a Christopher Nolan film and say, I'm going to understand it this time. <laughs> and, and I don't, whether it's Inception or Interstellar or, or Tenet. I watched that at Ron Solmerger's home theater, and I loved it, and it was so exciting. And then on the way home, I was like, I have no idea what just happened. I think that was Denzel Washington's son. But other than that, I'm not sure what was going on in that film. Time travel is so interesting, though, how we think about time, how we measure time. And it's an important part of human identity to understand how to place ourselves. I've been reading a book by Lawrence Holstuki entitled Calendar, Christ's Time for the Church. And I'll reference this section from his book and then go over a, a couple of words that I thought were kind of interesting. And then we're going we're gonna to start a new thing that you may wonder why there are stools this morning. Uh, I'm going to do an interview in just a second. So let me read this quote from Stuckey. He said that Christians should find it useful to observe seasons, days, and hours in ways that make evident the eternal in our midst may seem eccentric until we reckon with how essential timekeeping is in organizing human experience. Imagine trying to navigate your way through life with no access to a clock or a calendar of any kind. Utter disorientation would result. In recent times, a number of persons have been held hostage under such conditions of deprivation. For extended periods of time, they have been denied the slightest glimpse of sunlight, and so could not even determine when day ended or began. Terry Waite expressed the confusion and frustration common to them all in this quote. And Terry Waite was a hostage negotiator for the, the United Kingdom, and he was going, uh, late 80s I believe it was, went to negotiate a crisis, and then the terrorists took him. And for four years he was, uh, he was a prisoner, and he writes about his experience as a prisoner in this quote. He says, I have spent about four days in the underground prison so far. At least I think it's about four days. The guards won't tell me the time. And I can only guess the hour from when they come to take me to the toilet and bring me food. The thing I find most worrying is not being able to measure the passing of time. If I am to keep myself together, I must find some means of doing this. Boy, that quote resonated with me, specifically that end. If I am to keep myself together, I must find some means of measuring the time. That so often was the disorientation that I felt during the pandemic. I've got to find a way to measure the time. That's how we feel every time the, the time changes right. I'm like, whoa, it's getting dark earlier. And we feel this sense of disorientation, almost despair with the time. Stuckey continues in his book with this remark. He said, one form of social control imposed on American slaves was to withhold from them the dates of their birth. Thus, Frederick Douglass took great pains to try to discover his birth date in order that thereby he might know who he was. As those who hold hostages or slaves know all too well, human identity and functioning are utterly dependent on timekeeping. It is odd then, or is it odd then, that Christians find spiritual timekeeping to be so crucial to their identity and their action. So that's what we do today as we begin the season of Advent. We're talking about how, as people of faith, we keep time. The Jews were a people group that knew how to keep time with their days of the week and their calendar and the Sabbath. And they dated, dated everything by how many days it was until the Sabbath. They kept time through their feasts, whether it be Passover or Pentecost or Purim or Hanukkah. They kept time in that way. And by doing so, and by keeping time, it was a way to bring the past 
and the future together in the present. I know we have many linguists in the room, people that like new words. We have some talented Scrabble players in our midst. On the back of the bulletin, I put two words that were fun in this book I've been reading by Stuckey entitled Calendar. The first word is anamnesis. I I can't even say it right. Okay, it's like I'm saying shoulder surgery again, Shannon. Okay, (laughs) I'm trying to say this here. Think of amnesia. Amnesis. It's the bringing the past into the present. And then another word that's similar to it, prolepsis, bringing the future into the present. That's what we do when we keep time. We're trying to understand our past and our future in our present. To make it as clear as we can in Christian times, every time we come together and take communion, we're remembering a past event in our present. We're also remembering a future event in our present. When in the new heavens and new earth, we sit down and we eat with those who have gone on before. And we are reunited and we see Jesus face to face. Every time we take communion, we're bringing the past to our present, amnesis, and we're bringing the future to our present, prolepsis. The Jews often did this, and so it should be no surprise that the Christians began to do this. Even, even when Jesus reads the scroll in Luke 4, They were operating under a sense of seasons. They had a lectionary, a system of reading. Jesus knew when he came in Luke 4 to Nazareth that they would be reading Isaiah 61. He wanted to read about this is the year of the Lord. It was a lectionary that the Jews were using and that Jesus read on that day. Many have called the church seasons as the first curriculum of the early church. Think about this. In a time period where most people were illiterate and books were incredibly rare how do you teach the gospel story you teach it through the seasons and through celebrations and through feasts and it was very clear that jesus is crucified around passover and it's very clear that the holy spirit comes around pentecost and so they just took the pagan celebration around the winter solstice and they made that christmas and then suddenly you've got the church here What they would do when people express interest in the Christian faith, they express desire to be baptized, they would enter into a class around the start of Advent. And they would participate in that class all the way until Easter. And they would have big baptismal celebrations around Easter. But people couldn't just jump in that Sunday. They began at Advent and they went through the church year. Because one of the things we learn is the seasons remind us of the gospel story. The story that life always overcomes death and good will overcome evil in the end. So, very briefly, this is how the lectionary works. We have four readings every week. We have an Old Testament passage. We have a psalm reading, which Shannon just read, a gospel reading, which we're about to read. And then we have an epistle reading. Four readings, and it's a three-year cycle. Your A, your B, and your C. And today we begin your A. Our gospel will be Matthew, your B is Mark, uh, your C is Luke, and you may be thinking, why does John get left out? John gets woven in at various times. For John fans out there, we apologize. Okay. The Old Testament readings in year A will be Genesis through Judges, year B, David through the wisdom literature, and then in year C is the prophets. Half the year we call ordinary time. From the end of Pentecost until Advent, it's, it's ordinary time. And you know it is when I go off script and I do series and you furrow your brow and long for when the lectionary will return. This morning is the start of Advent, and the word Advent simply means arrival or coming. As Christians, we measure time by the fact that we live between the two comings of Jesus, the first arrival and the second arrival. The first time I started going through the lectionary, I was like, are we talking about Jesus' first coming or his second coming? And the answer is yes. (laughs) We're talking about both simultaneously. So if you would, stand with me for the gospel reading. This comes from Matthew 24. And the church year always begins with the admonition to keep watch, to be alert, and to stay awake. Matthew 26, I'm sorry, Matthew 24, 36 through 44. If you'd like to join with me in the bold section, feel free. But about that day or hour, no one knows, not even the angels in heaven, nor the Son, but only the Father. As it was in the days of Noah, so it will be at the coming of the Son of Man. 
From the days before the flood, people were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage, up to the day Noah entered the ark. And they knew nothing about what would happen until the flood came and took them all away. That is how it will be at the coming of the Son of Man. Two men will be in the field. One will be taken and the other left. Two women will be grinding with a handmill. One will be taken and the other left. Together, therefore, keep watch, because you do not know on what day your Lord will come. But understand this. If the owner of the house had known at what time of night the thief was coming, he would have kept watch and would not have let his house be broken into. So you must also be ready, because the Son of Man will come in an hour when you do not expect him. This is the word of the Lord. You may be seated. So we're starting something new this year that we hope to continue up until Pentecost. We'll see how it goes. Not every week, but frequently uh, we're going to be doing some interviews to talk to people about how the lectionary readings and the church seasons form them into the image of Christ. Randy Spivey has been very gracious to be uh, the first person they get to interview. I'd like to invite him up now. We'll sit at these stools. And we're going to talk eight to ten minutes, and then we'll sing a song and kind of transition, and I'll have like a two-minute wrap-up before Larry leads us. first question I want to ask you, because um, I know just from our friendship and watching over the years, I know you love the church seasons. You love the lectionary. I've heard you reference it as a lifeline, a sustaining presence in your life. So how has the practice of embracing the church seasons and being enmeshed in the lectionary, how has that shaped you? Yeah, I don't, I don't know that I understood like how unmoored from time I was until I, I started kind of following the lectionary and it's hard for me to it's hard for me to talk about uh following the lectionary uh and not talk about where i was first introduced to it which um uh, was in prison um so the first time i i ever followed the church calendar or really became aware of the church calendar um was in uh in on a saturday night prayer group where we would go out and and um, pray uh, from the brook of common prayer uh with a bunch of guys out at um at the the prison here in town and we would have these readings i started in advent and we had these little booklets where we would have a reading each day and then we talk about it on 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 saturday night and and the daily readings provided a structure for me uh, within the Advent season that that made me think about it a little differently, um, and that carried into the Lenten season as well. Um, and it it made time move differently. Um, time moves differently in prison anyway. Um, there's uh, someone else is in control of your movement all the time. It's wrapped up in ideas of parole and good time and, and all kinds of stuff like that. So I could see how their time moved differently really clearly. Um, and it made me think how much we do that as well. Um, like we have all kinds of weird structures to our time, whether it's, I mean, some of us just kind of float from event to event to event to event. Uh, some of us have jobs that kind of control um, the structure of our time. I found this really hard. Uh, when I worked at a university because my my time was always wrapped up in the semester um, and it it kind of overtakes you um, and there's there's something about the liturgical calendar for me that that did not allow me to rush it I couldn't push it ahead I couldn't slow it down I, I wasn't in control of it um, and and it it by by not being in control of it, it kind of forced me to intentionally, into an intentional structure that focused me on a gospel rhythm. And it's a gospel rhythm that repeats year after year. I don't think I understood it till about the third or fourth year in that um, this is, I'm thinking about this differently every year and I'm thinking back to the rhythm of last year and the rhythm of next year. Um, and, and I'm not just thinking about what happened at the Thanksgiving table with family. I'm thinking about gospel structure um, 
in that. And, and those rhythms began to surprise me uh, every year. I think it was three or four years in before I realized exactly how close Advent is to Lent. And that, that doesn't make sense to me that we talk about birth and death so close together. And it didn't make sense to me until it did. Um, and and that, that, it made me think about both Advent and Lent very differently. Um, and so that, that structure has, I think you said lifeline, like it has been a, um, it keeps me moored, it keeps me anchored um, to a, a story that I, I, I believe is a foundational story. Um, and it doesn't allow me to, to get pushed aside by deadlines or the semester or all of these other artificial structures that, that can take up our time. So today is the first Sunday of Advent. What is, what's the message of Advent? What's the mindset of Advent? What's the feel of Advent? I, I wish I wasn't first. Um, I'm not a, I, I, I don't, I, I do not have a Ricky Bobby Advent um, kind of a feel. Um, I, I think about Advent, I think differently than most. Um, so this is, the, hang with me. Um, this is this is how I think about Advent. Um, the message of Advent to me is that life hurts, um, and none of us are alone in that. And I, I think that's really really important. Following the liturgical calendar again connects Advent and Lent to me. So I think when I think about the birth of Jesus, I don't think about like a nice clean manger or anything like that. I think of it less as a celebration and more as the beginning of the walk to the crucifixion. I mean, how, how, how painful um, this process is from, from the beginning. It's all anxiety and worry and exposed nerves to, to me. Um, like I, I know the stories that, that are in this room and so many of us know what it is like to want babies, to lose babies, and to have babies, and how vulnerable and weak and dependent those little lives are at the beginning. Um, and I don't think any of us would choose that for ourselves or for the people we love, that level of dependency and weakness and vulnerability. But God chose it. Uh, God chose it and walks into it um, very, very specifically. Um, living hurts, and God chose that not just to be close or proximate to us, but to live in these silly and weak and broken bodies. Um, and so when I think of Advent, I think about that and how glorious and heartbreaking that is at, at the same time. And so revisiting that every year for me. I, I, I begin to think about that in, in ways that, that I think highlight the dangerous vulnerability of all of this. Um, one of the, the stories that I think about every single year uh, happened at one of the first candlelight services. At least I think it was one of the first candlelight services. I don't have that good of a memory. Um, but it was, um, um, we were in this room and I was sitting right over there, early in the candlelight service, and I think, it may not have been, but I think it was Lily, got up to read the Magnificat, the, the story of Mary. And I had never heard that read by an age-appropriate female voice. And so Lily may have been 12, she may have been 16, I don't really know, but she was young. And to hear that story and to hear that song read by someone like that was beautiful and devastating the same time like the the vulnerability and weakness um of 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 mary in that moment really came through in, in ways that i don't i don't know that i was i was expecting and i think about that every year and it is one of the layers that helps me understand and think through the advent story that's really helpful last question um one of the things that really shocked me as I began to do the lectionary readings and enter into this was that the first Sunday of Advent, it does not begin with cute baby Jesus, but it begins with the wake-up call. And I've never completely figured that out. 
why why are we beginning with that? Like it's it's so interesting to me. What do you make of it? Why do you think that's the first reading? I mean, who doesn't need to be woken up from time to time? I I I think about I think about this in the context of, of where we've been too. So Advent leads to Lent, leads to Easter, leads to Pentecost, and then you have this long stretch of ordinary time. I love that phrase, by the way, ordinary time. Uh, time where we're simply left to live in the story that we've been given um, and to wait. And so I think it's difficult to understand Advent if we don't understand the, 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 the difficulty and the complacency that comes with, with waiting like that, for waiting for Jesus, for waiting for, for a promise. There's great value in repeated experience. And so being reminded every Advent that, that ordinary time has come and gone, but there's a promise still out there, I think is, is, is important. Um, and so I think we get asked to wake up and remember the wonderful dangerousness of, of this story um, and in, invites us to kind of revisit this year with last year and the year before and the year to come um, and maybe see something new in it. Every year is a new life. I think that's part of, of the story that, that we have. And so I start this Advent knowing, that, knowing things that, that are different than what I knew last year. I'm different this year when Advent begins than I was last year. And it's not, it's not like a New Year's resolution. It's not that I need to start over and get rid of the baggage from this last year. It's like, sure, that baggage may have weighed me down, but what, what do I know about that baggage? What do I know about my experiences from the last year that, that forms how I think about Advent this year? What do I know this year that I didn't know last year that, that, that will help me as I go through? Um, because I know life hurt me last year. And so what does that mean as, we're, um, as we're, we enter this new story? Um, I think we're asked to wake up and know that our pain is not unique and that it happens every single year. Um, and, and we're asked to, to be reminded that we didn't choose that pain, but that Jesus chose that pain. And so we're, we're asked to wake up and walk through the birth, through Lent, to Easter, um, into the ordinary times of our lives in God's time and not our time. Um, and and I think I think I need that every year, just to be asked to, hey, these are the promises. Do you remember them? Um, do you remember them after living in essentially the wilderness during ordinary time? Thank you, Randy. I, pre oh, I appreciate you going first. Uh, let's sing the doxology as we transition. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Praise Him, all creatures here below. Praise Him above ye heavenly host. Praise Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Amen. And so we end our message time with the encouragement to wake up. The most quintessential story in the Bible about this is when Jesus tells his disciples, stay awake in the Garden of Gethsemane, and they kept falling asleep. The Romans had an expression in ancient times, and they said, bread and circuses will keep the people distracted with how things are, but we'll give them bread and we'll give them circuses. Today we call it Google and YouTube and TikTok and Amazon Prime and Netflix and just all the stuff going on in friends and family, it distracts us. The latest political trends and celebrity trends and sports scores and whatever it may be, do not let it distract you from reality. And let us learn to keep time. Let us learn to keep time, to know what time it is and to bring the past into our present, the future into our present, and to remember that Christ has come and Christ will come again. Let's stand together and sing.
with meals rather than war with peace or war with creation. Um, and throughout scripture, feasts are kind of the opposite of conflict, right? Feasts are used to celebrate um, the end of oppression, the end of slavery, the end of war. They're used when families are brought together through marriage. They're used when uh, nations make peace together. Um, the Jewish peoples, almost all of their um, I'm looking for holy times involved a feast, right? A feast to celebrate harvest, a feast to celebrate delivery from Egypt, a feast to celebrate delivery from other attackers and oppressors, a feast to celebrate um, the forgiveness that God gives. Um, so it's fitting that this meal is a feast to celebrate the Prince of Peace um, and the one who delivered us from. Uh, slavery to sin and to uh, the bad forces in our lives. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for Jesus. We thank you for his life here to show us how to live. We thank you for his death and his resurrection, the power that he has over um, sin and the forces of Satan in our world. We pray that you will bless this bread, his body broken for us, and us as we eat it together. Through his name we pray. Father, we pray your blessings on this cup, Jesus' blood shed for our redemption, and on us as we drink it together. It's through Jesus' name we pray.
before we're done here. Um, so first off, major congratulations to Andrew and Jennifer for uh, their 20th anniversary coming up on the 30th. That's amazing. Um, also, just kind of want to bring up um, small group is tonight. Um, there is a middle school small group at the Scobies. Uh, it's not at the, at the Sternbergs. Uh, we'll be at the Conways on Wednesday. December 4th starts our new quarter. Um, as you saw the email, we really need some more teachers. So it's a fun thing, I promise you. You should do it. Um, it's, it's a great thing to do. Uh, you don't have to be a genius. Um, it really it works out. The kids are pretty amazing. Uh, we want to kind of quickly call out um, that Naomi Spivey is going to be performing at John Overton High School. Um, they're doing hairspray December 1st through 5th. That's going to be pretty pretty great. 
Uh, also be thinking of the folks, uh, there's a group, Paul, JP, Rebecca, Isaiah, Eowyn, and Mary Paul are going to be doing Jill's house this weekend. That's going to be great. Be praying for them. They just do, a, a, that things go well and the campers have a great time. We know, we know they will. Next Sunday is, well, we're, we're, we're officially getting there, folks. So, like, buckle up with the, like, possible things you can do with, with your church. Um, so, because next Sunday is the Christmas party. Uh, and then there is also an opportunity to give for Fall Hamilton Gift Shop. That's that, and we need those gifts dropped off by the church uh, by the sixth. But then, just looking forward, there's also let's see, the seventh is caroling um, with with Miss Dot. Uh, then we've got the, the Ackland Youth Group Christmas party on the tenth, the candlelight service on the eleventh. And then more caroling with Judy and then Fran at two different other times. So, you know, be looking at this. If you're interested in singing, it's, it's man, this is your month. Uh, it really is. <laughs> My throat is already getting dry. I'm thinking about it. Um, the, uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. Does anybody else have anything else? Just hit the candlelight service will be at 5. Okay. It'll be five. It doesn't say it all there, but the but, candlelight service is Five. It's good to know. Yes, good, good thing to call out. One uh, for the Christmas party. If people are new to us, they don't know what we okay. do. That it's a sneaky Santa. Right. And that it's it's you can bring one gift per family for 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 a couple, but that's not as much fun if, okay. as if each person brings. So yeah, if if you're new, we do like a, a sneaky Santa, dirty Santa, white elephant. There's like twelve re words for that. Like um, it is the thing where you steal gifts. Make sure you bring, ideally, like this is the adults, a couple should bring two gifts. It's more fun. You can bring one if you want, like Shannon mentioned this, but it's so much more fun if you can both play and steal and all kinds of fun things. Yay, Jesus. Um, <laughs> we can steal. But like, what else do you have, Shannon? One other thing is, Stina um, is still suffering from long COVID. She visits us, she was in the prior room all day, and she okay. requests our prayers. Yes, awesome. Yes, thank you for mentioning that. Yeah, please keep staying in your prayers. Um, long COVID has really hit her hard. And um, yeah, she's had a rough go of it. So it's, I'm glad she's, she's here this morning. It's always good to see her face, but um, she just needs encouragement. So be, be praying for her. But if, if that's it, there's coffee and donuts downstairs. Fellowship. You've been listening to 900 Ackland Avenue, the podcast for the Ackland Avenue Church of Christ. If you'd like more information about our community, our church website is http colon slash slash org. Thanks again for joining us. God bless.